and shout amen. Amen. God is good. The blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow. The blood of Jesus. Well, everybody brave the cold? You can be thankful for people that uh, work on, on uh, well pumps because uh, you can thank them that we have toilets tonight. <laughs> we had frozen pipes until about noon today, but they released. <laughs> Everybody say amen. They released. Thank God for people that know how to fix stuff. Amen? <clears throat> Uh, truth of the matter is, you don't realize how much you appreciate something until you don't have it. Anyway, glory to Jesus. <clears throat> that's, enough, that's enough said, right? Yes. Amen. Well, glad you made it. Glad you braved the cold and came. And we're going to talk tonight um, about some things regarding the Holy Spirit. We've been on this series for a while on Wednesdays talking about the Holy Spirit and and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. You know, um, I've been, this year, I've been saved 40 years. This year. I was five when I got saved. So I'm 45 and and pushing, right? No. Some people know that's not true. So, um, But I was 18 when I got saved and knew nothing about God. And for a number of years, anything talked about regarding the Holy Spirit was just goofy. I mean, just, I mean, I, and I hate to say it, but there was just so much stuff. And, and I was born again, and in my gut... I knew it was wrong, but everybody, I'm not saying everybody, but just different people that maybe were authority figures or people that just been saved a whole lot longer than I was and it appeared like they understood, well, then it's got to be right, you know? It's kind of like the news. I mean, if the news said it, it's got to be true, right? Not. And, you know, in, in the last few years, just in my own walk, I've, I've been spending a lot of time on the Holy Spirit, just studying, going through the Scriptures, saturating my mind with Scriptures that have to do with the person of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. Amen? He's not, it's not an it. He's not a thing. He's not an angel. He's not just some cosmic, you know, energy that's out there that is you know we just don't know anything about he's a person and he lives inside of us if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your savior the one that did all the work then it's the Holy Spirit that's in you it's the Holy Spirit that lives and resides on the inside of us same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives in you and I and I don't know about you but when I read the gospels Jesus was not goofy Amen? So the spirit that was in him was not strange and weird. Um, It's different. There were a lot of different things that happened because the spiritual, the spiritual as we've been talking about in the last few weeks, the spiritual is different than the natural. But God wants us to become as more or more familiar with spiritual things than we are natural things so that what we do in the natural will be the result of the things that the Holy Spirit has given us, ideas and ways of thinking. And and when we get it from the Holy Spirit, it's as good as gold. Everything Jesus did when he was on planet Earth, he said, I didn't come to do my will, but the will of the Father. So there were two separate wills. And we see it really clear in the garden when he's fixing to make a decision to accept the price he was going to have to pay for you and I. And he made this comment. He said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. If there's any other way, let it be done, but not mine, yours be done. So in other words, 
in the garden when he's facing what he's going to face as, as all man and all God, he began to shudder. God, if there's any other way, but my will would be to, uh, you know, sidestep this horrible uh, attack and what I'm fixing to take, all the sins of all mankind, all the sicknesses of all mankind, I'm fixing to take on my body. I'd like to sidestep this, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to do my will. I came here to do yours. Yeah. And, and that's what the Spirit of God brings to the table for you and I to be able to know how to do what God wants and not try to figure things out on our own. Man, it's vital. We, we, we can't, we have, a, we have such a short, in, 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 you know, in the whole scheme of things, in, in the time of eternity where there's no end, if you, live to, if you live a full life to 120 or 130 years old, that's a very short period of time compared to all of eternity. And we, in this time that we live here on planet Earth, we've got to figure out what God wants done. Why are we here? Why did he, what, what, what did he put us here for and what were we here to accomplish? All of this past year, 2017, Happy New Year anyway. Yeah, because Sunday it was, it was New Year's Eve, so Happy New Year. So it's 2018. Today was, I, I wrote something in my notes, and, and, I, and I put a date at the top of my notes, and I wrote 2018 for the first time, and I almost put a seven, but I stopped, and I put eight. Anyway, 2018, but in 2017, time and time again, I talked about Ephesians 1, where it says, before the foundation of the world, God had a plan for you and I. He had a plan for us before the foundation of the world. Not at the foundation, but before. And we talked, did a whole series on that, talking about how could God have a plan for me before I was even thought about? How could God have a plan for me before, before the earth was even created? How could he have a plan? I don't know, but he did because he said it. And, and we see in Genesis 1 where Father and Spirit and the Word were all in the beginning, so there had to be a board meeting before then with Father, Son, and Spirit, right? Father, Word, and Spirit were in the beginning, and they devised a plan for each and every one of us. How can that be? I don't know, but it is. He had our lives planned before we were thought about. That's what we have to tap, and the only way to tap that in your life today, no matter where you're at or what you're doing, God wants you to become more aware of what his plan was before the foundation of the world for your life than what you can try to dream up. Amen? So let's look at a couple things. Last week we talked, as we are talking about the gifts of the Spirit, um, we were talking about the gift of faith. And I, and I want to just go back since we've we've had so many different things go on and so we've missed certain weeks because of other people being here or Christmas party or you know different things that we had going on and so I want to just review a little bit about what we're talking about and then finish up what we talked about last Wednesday regarding the gift of faith but in John 14 this is Jesus to his disciples so as we read this we receive it the same way were his disciples also. He said uh, in verse 16, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Everybody say helper. You and I, we've come to a place where we realize that we need help. Right? We need help. You were created to need help. But not help like you think. We need help from the helper. And he said right here, I will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And who is he? He's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So we don't go to the world to figure him out, right? Because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he'll be in you. That's what he's telling his disciples before the cross. So after the cross, we can know now he's in us, but the world doesn't know him, so we don't go to the world to try to figure out God. 
We go to the Word, we come to church, we hear the Word preached, we saturate our souls and our mind with the Word of God, and as we do that, our thinking begins to be more like His, instead of getting Him to think like us. Never works. I promise you, my plan without Him is me doing it on my own, and it's not going to happen. So i got to learn how to hear from Him. I went to college. Nobody at college ever told me or taught me about the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, education's good. It's a good thing, right? But what does education do? It educates you. It doesn't teach you anything about God. I'm just talking about in general. I'm not talking about at a Bible school or whatever. But just in general, education doesn't teach you about God. Education will educate you and develop your thinking processes, which is a good thing, and and it helps us to know about God. But the only way that you will find out anything about God is from this book. And this book tells us that what I need is the word preached to me, the word declared to me like I'm doing tonight, okay? Has nothing, listen, the word preached has some to do with me, I'm talking about tonight and what's being preached, because you have to be willing to do what I do to preach the word, but it has very little to do with me as much as it does with your ears to hear what I'm saying. And you have to believe that what I'm telling you tonight is from God, and it was what God wants you to hear tonight, and when you hear it, everybody in here has a different world that they live in, different lifestyles, but the word that I preach will minister to everybody. See, I'm not preaching to anybody, so I would never do that. I mean, I tried that the first couple years I was in the ministry. It didn't work. Maybe if I preach this, they'll get it, but it's like everybody else got it except them. Doesn't work. So you go to God, and you hear from God, and he tells you what to preach, and then you preach it, and it works, see? But when, when, I, when, when I get that from God, from what I hear preached, then the Holy Spirit inside of me says, now, now what, what Pastor said tonight, I want you to take that and begin to meditate on that. You, you, you'll hear that. You'll, you'll be excited about it. See, the worst thing that we can do is hear the word preached, let it go in one ear and out the other, and never do anything with it. And when I mean anything with it, we never take the word and go to it for ourselves and spend time asking the Holy Spirit to show it because he he's the helper okay he's the helper now go a couple pages over and look what he says about the helper again 16 and 5 and he tells his disciples this and they were probably all really freaking out he says but now I go away to him who sent me and none of you asked me because None of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. I imagine, right? I mean, they haven't seen miracles. They haven't seen anything manifested in 400 years. And now the one that's demonstrating all this good stuff, he's going to leave and he said it's a good thing? Not in my mind. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away For if I do not go away, the helper, if I don't go away, the helper, you know what that means is? What it means there is, is that you'll become too dependent on me, and that's not what I came to do. I didn't want you to become dependent on me in the flesh. I wanted you to become dependent on the person of the Holy Spirit that I brought to help you. He's the helper. I'm going to say it again. He's the helper, and every human being on planet Earth was created to need help. Now, society we live in, to come to church and need to hear word preached kind of would be a weakness. Man, I can figure this out on my own. I can do this on my own. I can fix this on my own. I can make things happen on my own. Yeah? We can on our own. We can make things happen. But, but do you want the plan of God? Do you want what he wants for your life? That's what I want. And the only way to do that is have the word preached and then the Holy Spirit reveal it to us so that God can have our attention because we're hungering for spiritual things instead of us, all of our attention being with natural things. How many like movies? Come on, don't lie. I love movies, okay? 
If all you ever did was watch movies, you would never get any spiritual insight. But if you allow yourself to sit under word being taught and you saturate your soul with the word, you can watch movies and get spiritual things out of them. Oh man, I'm telling you. Ah, anybody ever watch the Disney movie? It's a real old movie, but Disney movie called The Kid? Oh my gosh, that's my life. That little kid is my life for about the first eight years of my life. And, uh, and I mean, there's so many spiritual truths that I have gotten from that movie, but I never would have got those. I would have just acknowledged him related to some of the things the kid was going through, but I could relate to those things, but the word helped me to realize some things about my own life and actually brought deliverance in my life. In, I'm talking about in my mind. It liberated me of some things that I needed. So it doesn't mean that, like I was talking about earlier, education or a movie. It's not, you know, people think, well, you know, if you, you have to have, to, to be spiritual, you have to have only spiritual things going in and you have to get rid of everything else. Garbage. Garbage. God gives you spiritual truth for you to decide what's not good for you and what is good, what's right or what's not. A couple weeks ago when we talked about the gift of the discerning of spirits. All that is, that's not the, the gift of discerning of devils. That's the gift of discerning what's God and what's not God. That's what God wants. He wants you and I to be able to make a choice. He wants you to be able to push away from the table, per se, of anything that's not good for your life. He wants you to have the revelation to be able to do that. And that way you can enjoy life and enjoy things around you. We just came through the Christmas season. And man, there was a time in, 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 in my Christian walk where, man, people hammered me. They hammered me for having a Christmas tree. Or having my kids sit on Santa's lap. Or, or, or I mean, just came after me about it. And I'm thinking, you know, you can't, you can't do that. Well... One of the things that we did with our kids is that we didn't teach our kids that Santa was a fat guy that came down the chimney. We taught them that the guy in the mall was a guy that celebrated the birth of Jesus. And so we just, we just got all into the thing and we enjoyed Santa Claus and we enjoyed the trees and the presents and the gift giving. And our, our children, when they were young, we taught them that. They've grown up to understand that and like that. You know, and, and if you have conviction that you're not supposed to do that, well, then that's between you and God. See, the Holy Spirit will show you, but you don't put that off on other people. You, don't have to, you, you know, you can't have a tree, man, because it's devil worship or some kind of deal like that. No, come on, right? That, see, so much of, I used to, I heard um, one of my, you know, long-distance spiritual fathers, Brother Kenneth Hagin. Um, I heard him say years ago, and I've used it many times, that there is a huge difference between the spectacular and the supernatural. And this is what I've boiled it all down to, what that means to me today. Without a relationship with God and a re without a relationship with the Father through the person of the Holy Spirit, without that relationship, then my flesh needs spectacular things. But when I know who I am and I'm confident in who I am and I'm developing the ability to hear the voice of God, then... Hearing God and doing what God says will produce supernatural things that a lot of times aren't spectacular. And there's a huge difference. That's where a lot of the goofiness came from in the times when I saw people being ministered to in those kind of things and, and, and calling, calling stuff spiritual when it, was, it appeared to be spectacular because, you know, without the spectacular... You know, it doesn't draw people or people aren't stirred up or whatever. And, and it doesn't mean that the supernatural can't be spectacular. And actually, it is spectacular, but not like the world thinks. See, the scripture we just read a minute ago says that the world doesn't know him and it can't understand him. That's why if I stay thinking like the world, then I won't know him or understand him either.
But with the Holy Spirit, not only can I know him, but then I can begin to experience supernatural things on a day-to-day basis. And that's what we've been talking about in 1 Corinthians 12 that I think is so key. So let's look at that. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1. Just as a reminder of what we have been talking about. We've been in this chapter now for I don't know how many weeks. He said, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now you notice, did you have that up there? 1 Corinthians 12, 1. If you notice, uh, well, it didn't, I was going to see if it showed it on the, on the screen there. But um, the word gifts there, in, in, in the literal translation, the, the word gifts is not there. And so, a lot of times, um, when I, I'll just ask people questions about spiritual gifts... And a lot of times people don't know anything about the spiritual gifts of the Bible. Well, I think one of the reasons is, is that what's been preached more on regarding what he's talking about in this chapter is the gifts. The focus has been on the gifts. But the word gifts is not even there. So it reads, it should read like this. Now concerning spiritual, brethren, I want you to not be ignorant So a lot of times we think of the gifts as something that, you know, okay, they're taught to us, but yet a lot of times I've met many, many, many pastors that didn't even know where it was in Scripture that talked about spiritual gifts. I was just trying to have conversation with a lot of different pastors through the years, and they didn't know where spiritual gifts even were. And so if you're not trained and taught about them and you're trying to teach other people about this, it doesn't work. So if you just go to the scripture and you look at it just from, just, just from a natural perspective, just, just what the, the letter of, of the law says, then you're going to be confused. What Paul was saying to the church at Corinth and what he's saying to us and what I'm telling you today is God doesn't want us to be ignorant of spiritual things understanding the world of the Spirit. He doesn't want us to be ignorant of it. And there's a reason why. In verse 4 he said, now there are diversity of gifts, or there's diversities of the manifestation of the, of, of the Spirit, but it's the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of activities, or the, you know, the way it'll manifest, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, or the gifts of the Spirit. So, I'm, I've been, in the last few weeks, as you've been hearing me say this, I've been talking about the gifts as manifestations. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. didn't say the gift of wisdom. And, and, and see, a lot of times people have focused on that. That's what, and, and I'm, not, I'm not preaching tonight because I don't usually preach quite like this in saying these kind of things. I'm not, I'm not judging anybody that's done anything else because whatever's worked and whatever works, that's great. What I'm sharing with you is that in, in days past, I haven't seen real manifestations very much of these gifts in operation where they're profiting people. Now, another way that I'm looking at this, and I haven't shared this with you till tonight, another way I'm looking at it is, is this. In verse 7, it reads again, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, for to one is given the manifestation or the help of the word of wisdom. By who? By the helper. And so we're, the next one is that we're given help um, 
through the word of knowledge by the helper. And another is we're given faith as, as, as a, a way to help us. And to another, the gifts of healings. And who is that from? From the helper. And to another, the working of miracles. And to another, prophecy and the discern, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. But he said, one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as the Lord wills, as he wills. Not as you and I try to work something up. Now, last week we talked about that the Bible says that if you're born again, each person has been dealt a measure of faith, right? And, and Titus calls it common faith. It's, it's, it's a, the natural born-again faith that we're developing in our life on a day-to-day basis. That's one thing. But this manifestation of the spirit of faith is something that happens that's beyond just the norm of our own personal faith. It's something that goes deeper, and it's something that happens when we need it. And if you and I, on a day-to-day basis, are saturating ourselves with the Word, and we're developing a life of faith in God and trust in God, we're doing that on a regular basis, then that common faith positions us in our trust in God to be used by God for these different manifestations in our life and through our life. God needs you and I, and, and you know, that some people that's a shocker to, but God needs us. And he needs you and I to be in a place or in a position where we're being used to allow his spirit to manifest through us for the good of someone else, the prophet. If you notice here, he said these, these gifts or manifestations are for the profit of everybody. Not only to profit your life, but to profit the people around you. And God wants you open and, and, and aware and ready to operate in things that maybe you've never operated in before. And, and not being afraid of doing that. I'll tell you, for years, not only was I hesitant about it, but I just didn't like what I saw in people. So, as we've been talking about and defining each of these manifestations, because, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not calling them gifts, because that word gifts is not there. I'm calling them manifestations of the Spirit. And I want to give you a couple examples of things that just have happened in my life, and then I'm going to give you a couple examples in the, in, in, in the Word. But um, years ago, I, I had a, a, a really nice ring that people, several people in our, in, in our church gave me, a really nice ring. And, it, and there was a lot of meaning to the ring. It was a, it was a, a ring that was made by a jeweler here in town, and it had 12 diamonds around it. And I didn't wear it a lot because I'm not a big jewelry kind of guy, you know. Um, but but I, I would wear it in special occasions or like when I travel. I, for some reason, I'd like to, I liked wearing it. I was coming back from a trip and um, I, was in, I landed in San Antonio. And I was, in the, I was in the bathroom and I was washing my hands. And I took the ring off and I set it on the counter. And uh, I washed my hands, and I walked out of the bathroom and left it on the counter. And I went through security and went out, and actually, you were picking me up. That was years ago. You, you were picking me up at the airport. And, uh, and we're driving down the freeway, and <laughs> boom, all of a sudden, my ring. And in a situation like that, what's the first response? What's the first thing that happens to you? Fear grips your heart, right? Ah, oh, gosh, my ring. I lost it. You know, first thoughts that come to your head are, it's gone. Who's going to turn in a ring like that in a, in a restroom in an airport? Those are your first thoughts. But in the car, riding with, with Lee... Right then, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, you say, well, how did he say this? I don't know. I just know. 
I know that I know. Because along the way in my life, as I developed faith in God, it never stopped. The Bible says, if you quit, you don't reap. If you just don't quit, doesn't matter, it doesn't mean you're not going to have a lot of difficult times. Just don't quit. And listen, it's not over until you're done in this life. And then it's not really over because then you're face to face with God. So see, it's just never over. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you make or whatever. Just don't quit. I never quit. I never quit developing faith. So my common faith was strong and in place. And I knew how to take authority over those negative thoughts. And right then in that moment, God said, you'll find it. So, based on what you know about that and what you've been taught about these manifestations of the Spirit, think about it for a moment. What would that be? Now, we've spent a lot of time and going over lots of scriptures, and as, as we finish this series, we'll go over a lot of scripture because I will not share something with you that's just my opinion. We've got to have not just one story, but multiple stories in the Word that confirm that this is the way it works. Okay? So think about it for a moment. What, what did God do? Was that just my common faith in operation that everything's going to be okay? I say no. I say in that moment, it was a word of knowledge. Now, in my Greek lexicon Bible, when it says word of knowledge, what it actually says is a statement. See, when people want a word from God, they want God to tell them how to do everything. No, a word of knowledge is just a word. It's just a little nugget or a piece of something. And if you're developing faith in God on a day-to-day basis, when something like that comes, then it helps you. Well, I looked over at Lee, and Lee said, Lee, I don't know what he said. He said something. But I, I said, <laughs> what's that? He asked me if I wanted to go back. Okay. He remembers. But in that moment, I knew that I knew. And that's what I told him, I'll find it. I get on the phone and call the airport security, and I told them what happened, and the lady was thrilled and excited and believing with me. No, she said, sir, was it, was it expensive? I said, very. She said, you'll never find it. I said, no, 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 I, I, didn't, I didn't ask you whether I was or not. I said, I will find it, and when I do, when you find it, you call me. No, sir, I said, no, and I wasn't ugly to her. I wasn't trying to make her feel stupid. I just said, well, I just, I just have a real sense that it's going to work. Okay, would you take my number? Sir, I promise you, you're not going to find it. I said, when you find it, would you please call my number? Because I had a word of knowledge. See, the Holy Spirit helped me to not get in fear over the thing. And, and see, what, what I could have done is like, you know, drive 120 miles an hour, try to get back to the, to the airport. Then they wouldn't let me through the checkpoint. Then I'd sneak my way in there, and it was gone. And then they'd arrest me. And, I mean, and see, that's trying to do it yourself. But I just was calm because I had something to be calm with. See, I had common faith that trusts God for every situation. Is, does God, is he concerned about your ring? I mean, the Bible says he's concerned about everything we have. You see? So that word of knowledge that I got, like I said, it, it wasn't God speaking out of the clouds. It was just something that I knew. And I told him that. And was it the next day she called me back? Yeah, it was the next day. She called back, and I mean, she was really excited. She said, I just want to tell you, we found your ring. I said, yeah, yeah, thank you. So uh, do you want to come get it? I said, no, would you just send it to me? And uh, she asked me, she goes, how did you know? You got, you got a little time? She asked me. I didn't, I didn't shove anything down her throat and tell her, you know, God, and, you know, make her believe and all this stuff. You can't make people believe. And I just told her the simple truth of what happened, not make it all spiritual and all this kind of, no, no, no. Because see, 
when you know God, it doesn't have to be a spectacular thing. You don't have to put it on CNN the next night that your ring was found. It just was. Amen? See, it doesn't have to be the spectacular when it's the supernatural. That was supernatural. It was a word of knowledge. Another situation. And then I'm going to read these two stories in the Bible. I think you were with me. Um, you remember when we were in New Mexico and I was preaching at that, that, that tent deal in New Mexico? Well, this couple had come up to me before the service and they were pretty well-to-do family and they were from Oklahoma and they'd moved to Raton, New Mexico and, and a lot of people are moving up there because of a lot of big ranches and stuff that are up there. Anyway, and they were telling me this thing that had happened to one of their children. I don't know if you remember this situation, but they were telling me before the service. And, uh, and, I, and so I just said, you know, I'd like to pray with you before I leave. I was, th- was going to be there another night, and I said, I'd like to pray with you. The husband and wife were telling me about one of their children, something that doctors couldn't figure out for over a year. And uh, so I preached the word that night, and before I even asked could I pray with anybody, the two of them were right up front. It was an older couple, and they were right up front. And she said, she said, the woman said, Based on what you preach tonight, I believe, and I wasn't preaching about their child, I would just whatever it was that I was preaching. See, you, you can sit here and listen to what I'm saying tonight, and, and it may not have anything to do with something that you're going through, but it'll just relate. The Word just does that. Yeah. See, when you saturate yourself with the word, then the word starts thinking because the word is God's word and then your thinking starts thinking like him and I mean, it's a win-win. When I and God think alike, man, it's, it's all over. The problem is not God's thinking. The problem is getting my thinking to think like him. And that woman said, based on what you said tonight, what you preached tonight, I believe my daughter is healed. And when I prayed for her, I just said, your faith has made her whole. That wasn't the gift or the manifestation of faith. That was common faith, so stirred to a point that they, she believed that what the word said was true and she put her faith in action. And the next year I came, her daughter had been healed. I mean, it was like maybe six or seven or eight months later, but it was because of the faith of the mom to go and encourage the daughter, and it's what brought her out of whatever it was. I think it was a depression. This is about four or five years ago. And I think it was a depression that she had got into, and it was like her body was was like eating itself, like destroying itself because of what she mentally was going into. And six or seven months later, she just came out of it. And the lady reminded me, she made sure to come back because I came back to the camp meeting that next year and she said, I want you to know, my daughter's well. And that happened because that woman believed what I said and I declared with her, in other words, her and my faith came together and it was, we, we both really believed. It wasn't me trying to drag her along. She believed what I said. I agreed with her and it happened. Any two agree is touching anything that they ask, it'll be done. A lot of times that doesn't work with people's just common faith because it's one person trying to drag someone else. He said, if any two. So you have to help people get to another place. It's not, it's not like someone's faithless. It's just the lack of developed faith. We just have to develop our faith. And the only way to develop your faith is to hear the word preached and do something with it. Then the Holy Spirit can reveal it to you. And in a moment like that with my ring, he'll give you that word of knowledge and boom. There's the helper being the help. Why? Because... I shut the, I didn't say, man, I mean, fear gripped my heart. First, first emotion was fear. The Bible doesn't say fear doesn't come, but when it comes, it's not remaining. But it'll only not remain if I know how to resist it and give it no place. You see? And that comes from developed faith. Not from being born again 48 years or whatever. 
It come, you, you can be born again for two months. You, you can live your whole life and get born again and be 80 years old and experience God's ultimate plan for your life from 80 to when you pass away. Because God never is looking backward. He's always looking today and in the future. And he wants to help us. And it's this kind of help that you and I need. Can you say amen? Okay, I'm going to read these two stories and we'll be done. I read this one. Um, I read this, uh, oh, last week, yeah, I did. Acts 14 and verse 4. So I gave you two examples, and then I want to show you two examples from the Word. Usually I read them out of the Bible, and now I'm going to read them secondly. So Acts 14 is a similar story to kind of what I just told you that happened in New Mexico. He said, verse 4, But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe and cities of Lyconia and to the surrounding region, and they were preaching the gospel there. Everybody say they were preaching the gospel. All right. So, so he, they come into Lyconia and, and into Lystra and, and Iconium in these different areas. And notice verse 8. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb. The man had never walked. He had never walked. Never walked. This man did what? He heard Paul speaking. Right? He heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. He heard Paul speaking. He was listening to the preached word, and Paul had a word of knowledge that this man had faith to be healed. Listen to me. Most people's common faith, Christian and non is not to a level where they can receive healing because it's not developed. We, they spend more time on natural things than they do spiritual things, so there's no way to receive. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you and you're not a good person or any of that kind of stuff. I'm just saying, most people's common faith. That's why you need all these, these nine helpers. Absolute truth. And I'm not saying it like I've got it all down and my faith's all this and yours is nothing. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just saying most people's common faith, undeveloped, does, is not in a place to receive divine health and healing. Because listen, when God starts speaking to you about certain things, a lot of times the journey of healing is not just getting well. Hmm? What good is it for you to get well and you go back to the same kind of lifestyle? There's a lot of things that God will demand out of you to make the changes that you need to make in the natural. And a lot of times people don't want to do it. I mean, you have to be willing to be willing to do His will. I'm going to say it again. You have to become willing to be willing to do His will. And when you are, it, it puts you in a place to develop your faith, to be in that position to be able to receive. If God said it, that's it. That woman in New Mexico, when she heard me say something in my message, she was convinced. Her daughter's well. Eight months, seven, eight months it took for the manifestation to come. How many people would give up in two weeks? See, but, but, but then your spirit man goes, no, 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 but if you don't quit, you'll reap. See, the word always has an answer. Always. There's always an answer in the word. Where am I? Ah. Paul, observing him intently, seeing he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices, saying in, in that language, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. But what happened right there was not what Paul did. It's the faith that the guy had to receive his healing because of what Paul preached. You see that picture? 
So that was not the manifestation of faith out of 1 Corinthians 12. That was just his common faith. And Paul joined his, like I did with the woman up there, who was made well. Never walked. Never had walked. Then look at this story in Acts chapter 3. Another one where they had never walked. Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. Now, this isn't the same man. This is just a different story. This is Acts 3. That was Acts 14. Certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Do you hear any preaching? Do you hear any preaching in, in what we just read? No preaching. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms? Not prayer or anything else. He needed money. Fixing eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold, not that he didn't have silver and gold. It's just not what that man needed. He said, silver and gold I do not have for you, in other words. But what I do have I give you. What I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And what, what, and, and what did he do? He took the guy by the hand and he pulled him up and he commanded him to walk. Okay? Now, in this given situation here, and I'll prove it to you two more scriptures down. In this given situation, okay, the man heard no preaching. There was no developed common faith. Okay, so what did this man need? He needed some help. Hmm? He needed the manifestation of the Spirit coming through the Apostle Peter, him hearing from God, because listen, these manifestations that are, you know, we talked about common faith. Well, what happened here was special faith. It was something that was special. It was needed in a moment for this man because he didn't have the developed faith to rise up on his own like the man did in the 14th chapter. And because of the lack there, he pulled him up and he commanded him in the name of Jesus to walk and he walked and you read the rest of the story. He leaped and he praised God and all that stuff went on. Verse 11, Now as the lame man was healed, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, and he wasn't going to let these guys go. All the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's Greatly Amazed, so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? How did this man walk? Is all found in verse 16. And here's where you see the gift of faith or the manifestation of faith, the special faith in operation. Verse 16. And his name through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him, that him, capital H, is Jesus, has given him, the man, his perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Where did that come from? That came from Jesus. That was the faith from Jesus. That was the faith from God. As God wills it, that special faith in operation, for the good of someone else, it profited that guy. He walked. And church history, what we have record of is that man always walked after that. I'm saying to you tonight, When you learn that you need help and then you learn who the helper is and you purpose in your life to only get help from the helper, then you position yourselves to be a help to everybody around you. Because I promise you, what we've been... We, we, talked about the discerning of spirits we talked about the working of miracles we talked uh, about the baptism of the holy spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues and i prayed for a lot of you that night to receive that all of that is what god has given you and i to help us 
to exist in this life and not just try to beat our heads against the wall and just try to make it through. No. God said we're on top with him. We're never underneath. We're blessed coming in and going out. There's so many promises of his word that are yes and amen for us. They, they belong to us. We just have to know them, but we have to know them personally. It's not just knowing them in my head that made a difference in my life, but knowing them in my heart. Because I take the knowledge of the word that I have and I let the Holy Spirit daily reveal it to me so that I'm open and ready. Wake up in the morning. Father, I thank you. This is another day that you've made. I just purpose to rejoice today. I purpose to be glad in the day. And Lord, I want to be open to be used by you in any way that I can. You need to use me to help someone else out. And you need me to be open and willing to hear your voice about someone else or another specific situation. Then so be it. In Romans chapter 12, there's seven gifts of the Spirit, which are foundational gifts that all of us have and all of us operate in. We're going to get to those also. But those foundational gifts have to do, one of them is exhortation. Certain day, you're somewhere and somebody needs to be exhorted. They just need to be let, just, you know, you don't have to preach at them. Just tell them how good God is. Just, just tell them, have a great day. Sometimes somebody just seeing a smile. You know, I love... Starbucks drive throughs or whatever, you know, and just, you know, just realize you got about a minute and 10, and it depends on where you're at. Some Starbucks is five minutes, but you just got a very short little window of time with them. And what can you do? Just, just be open. Maybe it's nothing. You know, maybe it's nothing, but maybe there's something, something can make a difference in someone else's life. Just think about it. It's the small things that matter. It's not how big something is and how detailed you get with people. Listen, you can preach all day at people, and it's not going to affect their lives. All day long, you can preach to people, and it will not affect them. Because what you're telling them is things based on your conviction. God will show you how to minister to other people based on where they're at. See, Paul, and, and that's what we're talking about on Sundays. Paul said, I become all things to all people that I may win some. And that's, that's the ultimate goal that we win everybody. You realize... Everybody on planet Earth is looking for God. You realize that? Everybody is. Everybody's looking for God. And where is God? He's in me. He's in you. So everybody's looking for you. But that's why we got to have God develop so what they're looking for, they can find the God in us. Every human being on planet Earth is looking for God, and most of them don't even know it. Absolutely.